The room is relationships. The room is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about?、Uh, the room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. It's funny in like choir practice for middle school, we had this thing that we would do, which was like a dance thing where we went jig, alo, jig, jig, alo, and we a jiggle is a bad thing, right? Yeah. Well. In middle school, you would probably think so. Yeah.、Uh, I mean, a gigolo is a male prostitute. Whether or not you think that's a bad thing is, is right. Okay.、Together. Yeah. Start off this podcast with some kink shaming. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I had to look up what it was. I thought it was something different. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Well, there's a gigolo, which is a male prostitute, and there's a juggalo, which is a fan of the insane clown posse, and and those are bad <laughs> things, but that's okay.、Uh, by the way, I'm fine、oh, with hi, everybody. <laughs> Oh hi, listeners! <laughs> so you come in on some gigolo shaming. Shout out to、cancer. our male prostitute listeners. We、yep. love you. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, don't get caught by the law. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. Yeah, in the words of George Carlin, "Fucking is legal. Selling is legal. Why isn't selling fucking legal?" Yeah. But we are here to talk about minute twelve of the room,、mm. in which Claudette should probably just marry Johnny herself. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Who would like to tell us what happens in minute twelve? They talk. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. basically yeah. you can't support yourself, and Johnny gives you all this stuff. Got you a car. He got you a ring. Actually, I'd like to start with notes from a midnight screening this time instead of saving it to the end because、mm. it goes a lot to what the dialogue is. Notes from a midnight screening. Uh, Claudette finishes her line from the last minute, and darling, you can't support yourself. More than one person in the audience will yell out because you're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> When Claudette、uh, says, "Well, you can't do that," she says, "I don't mind living with him."、Uh, have you talked to him about it?、S- someone usually says he doesn't speak English. <laughs> And then Claudette does another list line where she pauses. Well, he's a wonderful person, and he's getting promotion very soon. Yeah, he bought you a car. Audiences and, and he bought you a ring and clothes and whatever you wanted. And she says, "Now you want to dump him? That's not right. I've always thought of him as my son-in-law. You should marry Johnny. He would be good for you." <laughs> at the last screen I was at, someone screamed out, "Fucking a right, he would!" <laughs> and then the last one. When Claudette says, "Well, of course I'm right. I know men."、Uh, several people will call her a slut. <laughs> so, your subtext for this minute is misogyny. So,、uh, we have this line that you can't take care of yourself. So, why can't she take care of herself? Like, is she mentally in- in- incapable? Like,、uh, like is she mentally handicapped? Is she just like? Dumb. What about Lisa makes her incapable of caring for herself? That this that her mother thinks she apparently needs this man to care for her. 
I don't know. She does have a job. She does get things done when she wants them done. Yeah. Or is it just that her tastes are too expensive and Lisa will never be able to afford all the nice things that she seems to crave so much, supposedly, on her own? It seems so weird for me to see a parent tell their child, you can't care for yourself. It, it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just occurred to me that it's kind of like the Titanic. <laughs> I mean, my head went there because of Titanic Minute, but in the sense that it's a woman who is choosing between money and love. Mm-hmm. Only back then, a woman really couldn't take care of herself because there were very little options for women. Right. Because yeah. it was a different time for women, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Women's rights were different in 1912. Yeah. In whatever era this is taking place, she could, even if she's not a college graduate, she could get a job. Well, she has a job. She has a job. She works in computers. We don't know what she does, but she... Yeah, she has at least... If she's working in computers, she has a decent job. She's not making minimum wage. Well, she says later it's too competitive. So maybe she's been having trouble getting clients. Hmm. I forgot about that. Oh, so maybe she's one of those people who, quote unquote, has their own business, but can't get any customers. But like, hey, you know, I got these business cards printed up that tell people I'm a computer technician. I'm a computer technician, you know. I'm feeling attacked right now. (laughs) As someone who has had business cards made before. (laughs) Oh, I have business cards. (laughs) I have business cards. (laughs) If this took place in 2019... She'd probably be like an Instagram influencer and you're saying that she works in computers. I'm like, yeah, on Instagram probably. <laughs> oh, well, if it's 2019, she's a wannabe influencer. Yeah. She's not, yeah. she's not she's a successful not influencer. Not a good influencer, she's, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a podcaster. She, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Robert. <laughs> what would her podcast be about? <laughs> oh. Using men for money. Yeah. No. <laughs> Here's how to get a it's man. It's hard to say yeah. what her podcast would be about because we have no inkling into what her personality is or what she likes yeah. other than... What is yeah. she like? Other than she likes having sex with Mark. Which you can't really be a podcaster about that. Yeah. I mean, you can have a podcast about sex. That's a thing. Well, it depends how many people are having sex with Mark, I guess. I <laughs> That's how big her audience is. Our guest today is Mark's ex-girlfriend, Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, no. Betty. Elizabeth is Denny's. Damn. I'm convinced they're the same person, so I get them mixed up. I suppose Betty could be a short form of Elizabeth, I suppose. Yeah. What could be a short form? Betty. Betty. Yeah. Yeah. Beth is short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Beth and Betty are kind yeah. of similar. Well, no, because yeah. uh, Mark's ex is Elizabeth. No, it's nope. Betty. Yeah. And Denny's girlfriend is Elizabeth. I like to think they're the same person. I think so. So this person left Mark for the 18-year-old possibly mentally handicapped boy who can't pay his own yep. rent? Oof. Yes. That's, that's some downward mobility right there. Well, as far as we know, Mark doesn't even have a job. He just sits yeah. in his car. But he does have a car phone. Although that's next week, I think, that we'll hear about the car phone. According to Greg Sestero, Mark's an undercover cop, so. True, true. Quite possible. We don't get enough character development to know for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, that's like I was saying back on Monday. That's one of the things where an actor, if they've got stuff that isn't as well written, they will try to work on the backstory in their head to make it mm-hmm. to make it cohesive where it initially seems disjointed. Right. Like we we will get some of uh, Denny's backstory from 
Philip Hardman's comic book when we get to more of Denny's scenes later. I was going to say, if she's an Instagram influencer, do you think she's like girl with no job where she posts funny memes or do you think she's a model? I think it would be like bad memes. Like if it's like as kind of as flat in character as she is and Mm -hmm. as monotone as she is, she's just like kind of boring, like minions (laughs) memes or something, you know, something like lots of memes, just really bad, like boring ones. Maybe her work in on computers is she just has an Etsy shop that sells candles. Mm-hmm. That that's got to be ones. That's what she does. That's that that has to be her work with computers. Okay. She's got an <laughs> online shop of some sort that isn't very. Well, successful. she sells candles. You see how many candles yeah. they have? Yeah, and they're pointed in every direction. Mm-hmm. She steals silverware and just sells it. <laughs> <laughs> she sells spoons and candles. Yeah. Now, a good thing about Juliet, at least in this minute. When she says, I don't know, I don't mind living with him. I love the little like move she makes. She does it later when she tells Michelle she just wants to live, live, live. It's like, it's really cute. Cause in that moment, she's, maybe it's just the fact that she's actually still fairly young that she feels like she means it. Like, I don't mind living here. It's okay. Mm. She's bored, but it's, it's good. Maybe her Etsy sells pictures of spoons. Yeah. Well, that's what Juliet Daniels Etsy shop does. She paints <laughs> pictures of spoons. Wait, for real? Yeah, you can buy pictures of spoons painted by Juliet Daniel. Wait a second. All of these people have been really smart about capitalizing off of being in this movie. A few of them, yeah. A couple kind of let it, like, ignore it and let it go away. But some, yeah. Oh, yeah, the ones who wanted to have, like, real acting careers try to distance themselves from it. Well, now I feel like I need a picture of a spoon. Oh, yeah, I want one, but I think they're, like, 40 bucks, so I haven't... Mm -hmm. Bothered. She's of only course, 38 now? Why do I think that they're all so old? <laughs> so this was 16 years ago, so that would have made her, yeah, 22. Depending wow. on the exact time of year, 21, 22. She was 21. Her birthday's in December. They filmed in September. Yeah, so. Shout yeah. out to all my December babies. That's me. <laughs> that's me too. And that's Julia Daniel. <laughs> I am super distra- I am actually super distracted by the these weird dangly earrings on Claudette here. And do you think that was <laughs> costuming or did she just show up with those? Uh, the only one I know for sure brought their own costumes was Michelle mm-hmm. because she realized before they started filming how low the costume budget was because she had asked. And so she brought all of her own stuff and did her own makeup. As far as I know, Claudette was not doing that. And so does this woman just have gigantic earlobes? Because it seems like the earring is clipped well below where the bottom of her ear would be. Or am I just... I'm paused at like 19 seconds, and it looks like there's a good quarter of an inch between where I would expect an earring to go and where the earring is. Well, the bigger circle might be a clip on the very bottom of the lobe mm-hmm. instead of a piercing. But yeah, or maybe yeah. Really it low. almost looks like she's got flesh-colored expanders in oh my God. That, have, that the earring is dangling from. Huh. Wow. Expanders weren't... Yeah, really I don't want to be mean. It does look like she has big earlobes. Yeah. Actually, if you pause and zoom in, it seems like there's something flesh-colored attached to her ear. Hmm. And then the earring is attached to it. Like, maybe they use some sticky thing to put the ears on. Maybe your ears weren't pierced, and so they put Hmm. a little pad there and glued it. Oh, so it's a prosthesis. Or she has really weird-shaped ears. Sorry, Carolyn Minot, but your ears are possibly weird. Should we do a fashion thing like we did on Mean Girls? Uh, not in this minute. You just get that, all the earrings. 
that blouse Lisa's black dress and sweater. Yeah, I'm looking at other pictures of Carolyn Minot. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, if it would actually go to it. Zoom. No, I want to see an actual picture. Damn it, not a video. Killing me, internet. I think that might just be her earlobe. Yeah, because it looks the same in later minutes of the movie as well. Yeah. She has really long... She just has larger lobes. Maybe she used to have, like, um, what are those big earring things where you make it bigger and bigger? Expanders, yeah. Like, she had those and then decided against it and got, like, plastic surgery fill-in. Oh. And so she just has this really long earlobe. The one where there's, like, a hole in your ear yeah, because yeah. you decided it would be cool to stretch it out. She's like, she yeah. was a gang member down in Orange County, and then she's like, <sighs> I got this movie role, I'm going to get this fixed. Um, any other notes for this minute itself so we can move yeah, on no. to some other Friday business? No, this is always, it's the, the, you get some, some minutes in minutes podcast that have loads of stuff to talk about and episodes where it's just two people talking for the entire minute are almost never one of them. Yeah. Cause it's, there's no good, interesting visuals. It's the same topic that yeah. we had last minute. And even if you've got a really good cinematographer, it's, Shot of this person talking, shot of that person talking, shot of this person talking, shot of that person talking, shot of both of them talking, shot of this person talking, shot of that person talking. Right. Mm-hmm. Throw in a two shot occasionally just, yeah. to, just to mix it up. Yeah. So then it is Friday, which means it's time to talk about bad movies. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. Bad movie of the week. wants to go first. Alex or Alice? Uh, so the bad movie that I kind of brought to the table, um, there was a film from, God, I want to say it was 90s. It may have actually been early 2000s. 1999. Um, 99, that's it. Yep. Uh, called Idle Hands. Um, it was a Silly little horror comedy movie. Um, the decent cast, honestly. Devin Sawa, Seth Green, Eldon Hansen, Jessica Alba, Vivica A. Fox, Fred Willard. Um, uh, this stoner kid, uh, Lazy Stoner's hand gets possessed by the devil and goes on a killing spree even after it gets cut off from his arm. And it's, it's, uh, it's just painfully um, late 90s or early 2000s, down to the offspring appearing in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the it's one of those that I think if I was watching it in 99, I wouldn't have said it was bad. But then it it really doesn't hold up. Like I said, it's it's really 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 late 90s. Yeah, it's hard for me to even. Yeah, it's just so late 90s. It's just kind of hard to. Like, watch is just sort of the worst of late nineties. Like Jessica Alba's character is so poorly written because yeah, you know, she's just a woman who's there as a plot device. And yeah, it's it's one of those that I own that I'll like never actually put in again, ever. You had me until you said painfully. Painfully nineties? Because I saw it in ninety nine in the theater and I liked the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Now Allison, was yesterday the first time you'd seen this? Yes, I did not see it in a theater because I was six. <laughs> but I <laughs> but I watched it yesterday 
And I took a couple notes. I think that my favorite quote of the movie is um, when the lady's talking about who the, it's a devil thing, right? <laughs> that yep. like goes into them. And she says it possesses the laziest fuck up it can find. And that was Devin Sawa. My, my favorite thing for the movie would probably be when like his friends die. Right. They didn't go toward the light because it, it was, was like really, really far. far. <laughs> the undead friends are yeah. dead. Seth Green yeah. says that line so great. Yeah, there's some good stuff in it. Like that's good. Um, the physical commitment of Devon Sawa to the sort of the Doctor Strange love esque kind of hand being possessed is really good. But some of the '90s ish. Oh yeah, when he's fighting with himself over the TV yeah. remote, he's got some great physical comedy yeah. going on. But some of the 90s-ness makes it a little hard for me to watch now. The movie is, <laughs> yes, very silly. Alice, have you seen Idle Hands? I haven't. No, I was thinking about, like, Mono's Hands of Fate or whatever. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, but I hope someone brings up Mono's in a later week, or I will. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a classic. Yeah, it's, it's like reminding me of that. So yeah, if you don't like the 90s, it's not going to go well. Mm. It's very 90s, as Alex said. Offspring is in the movie. Playing at the dance. I would say, you know what? If you're looking for a good movie to watch while you sit with a couple friends and get high, it's a good choice. Like, if you're looking for, you know, if you're looking for a movie to watch alone while you're not high, maybe not. I watched it alone yesterday while not high. Oh. Me too. (laughs) But I love that movie. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I liked it, but it's, it's, it's not like scary. It's, it's not like scarier, and it's weird to see like horror comedy film. But <laughs> yeah, its badness doesn't come from it being made poorly. No, no. Oh, okay. Its badness comes from I, I think really just mostly really dated. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it has a very specific tone that yeah. that kind of movie would be different now. Yeah, mm. but no, it, it's that there's maybe one or two things that are scary, but they come and go pretty quickly. Um, it's not like a jump scare kind of like I'm watching no, some no. SARS, no. you know. No, no, no it's uh, more of a it's more like a comedy that just happens to have like undead people in a possessed yeah, hand killing them. <laughs> oh, okay. undead people a possessed it, hand, some blood, but as you do, yeah, 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 as, yeah, as will happen every so often. It is genuinely a horror comedy. It's not like with the room where they later saw the reaction and was like, yeah. "This was a comedy." No, yeah, no, no, no not like the room. What, no. <laughs> It's like they're trying to make like the 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 scary movie yeah. franchise, except they like did not do that on purpose. <laughs> like, <it's> yeah, not... <laughs> well, maybe they did, but <laughs> yeah. a lot of parody. No. no, the the people making Idle Hands knew they were doing a comedy. The people making The Room yeah. did not. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of actual comedy, though, Alice, <sighs> what is the movie you brought? Yeah, I was gonna say, kind of going from the the scary movie sort of franchise there. Um, so I saw the movie, it's called Movie 43, when I was in college, it's from 2013, and it, well, it's an anthology comedy film, so it's just kind of like little vignettes, little, I think I was watching a review about it today, it's kind of like rejected SNL sketches, um, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, rejected SNL sketches only like dirtier. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah. dirtier and... Gross out, it's, you know, mm-hmm. like gross out comedy. Um, and I, I could just quickly read you. I mean, this is a star-studded yeah. cast. Um, 
So basically, it's Elizabeth Banks, Kristen Bell, Halle Berry, Gerard Butler, Seth MacFarlane, Leslie Bibb, Kate Bosworth, Josh Duhamel, I'm, oh my god, there's so many, Anna Ferris, Richard Gere, Terrence Howard, Hugh Jackman, Johnny Knoxville, Justin Long, Chris Remins Plast, Chloe Grace Moretz, Chris Pratt, Leif Schreiber, Sean William Scott, Emma Stone, Jason Sudeikis, Uma Thurman, Naomi Watts, Kate Winslet, and then apparently on the DVD, like, release was Julianne Moore, Tony Shalhoub, Anton Yelchin, and I don't know who Charlie Saxton is, but basically, this was, like, crazy. I think it was a $6 million budget, so I don't know how they got all these stars. Apparently, they had, so they had Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet first, and I think Hugh Jackman, like, knew the producer, and they're like, do us a favor, whatever. So, so basically, they're like, okay, whatever, we'll do this skit, and then they filmed that skit, then they showed it to other, like, famous stars, and were like, well, they were in it, you know, you should be in our movie, too, and people would say no, and then they'd be like, well, we'll, we'll move to you, we'll go to where you are, I think Richard Gere had, like, refused, and they're like, well, no, we'll come to you right where you're filming, you know, <laughs> we're gonna do this, and they did anything they could, and apparently, like, blackmailed people, and begged and begged um so yeah it's a lot of little little sketches um what is that oh my god so richard roper the the movie critic called it the citizen cane of awful because <laughs> it, it, it's just i mean it was horrible back in college i think watching some clips today because thankfully i can just kind of watch you know skit by skit and i watch just like a few of them um to kind of catch i guess catch up and I mean, I think there were things that were more funny, but then it just went to total gross out. So, like, idea of one of the sketches, so so Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet. So, <laughs> they're on a, on a blind date, you know, they come in the restaurant, everything's fine, Hugh Jackman's wearing a nice fashionable scarf, and then he takes it, his scarf off, and he has a massive scrotum on his neck, right? And, like, that's the whole thing. And nobody really notices except Kate Winslet, who's like, does any, you know, does anyone else see this? Like, I don't, like, what is going on? You know, they're, there's just, it's like I want, I want to bring in so many things. Like, they put a baby under, under it, and they, they dump, they dunk his chin balls in soup. I mean, there's just a lot of weirdness going on. That's kind of the tone of the rest of the movie. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. So when Robert told me uh, Movie 43, uh, I have one anecdote about this movie. Okay. There mm-hmm. are two movies in my 30-odd years of existence where I have held the physical media in my hand, put mm-hmm. it in the player, and at some point midway mm-hmm. through, stopped it and said, screw this. <laughs> one of them is Movie 43. Oh, my God. It. And like, look, I I like. Was this yesterday? <laughs> no, but I, I this was uh, a couple of years ago. But like, I can I can okay. do gross out humor. I like gross out humor. This was yeah. uh, it wasn't gross out humor. It was just gross out a lot of it. Yeah. And I can see why people mm-hmm. tried to get their name off of this. Oh, they did. Yeah. And then no 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 one promoted it. Like the stars did not promote it no. <laughs> at all. I think this was Hugh Jackman's year. He was um, nominated for an Oscar for Les, Les Miserables or whatever. And, yeah, it's like, which one? Like, which one are we going to promote yeah. here? <laughs> so I'm here on Wikipedia. Here's the plot summary for another one. Um, uh, so I'll give you the cast here. Um, Anna Ferris here is playing Julie, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Vanessa. And Chris Pratt is playing Doug, 
Um, so real life couple here. Julie and Doug have been in a relationship for a year. When he attempts to propose to her, she reveals to him that she is a coprophiliac and asks him to defecate on her in the bedroom. Urged by his best friend Larry and others to go along with it, he eats a large meal and drinks a bottle of laxative prior to the event. Wanting foreplay, Julie is angered when Doug wants to finish, and she runs into the street. Chasing after her, he is then hit by a car and graphically evacuates his bowels everywhere. She cradles him and apologizes. Covered and surrounded by his excrement on the road, she exclaims that it is the, quote, most beautiful thing, unquote, she has ever seen and accepts his marriage proposal. <laughs> there is an amazing so, yeah. bit of comedy at the beginning of that segment. Yeah. Because he's, they're on a picnic and he's going to propose. And he's like, I have a question. She's like, but I have a question. And like he thinks she's going to propose, right? So they say their things at the same time. And as he says, will you marry me? She says, will you poop on me? That was funny. Yeah. But then the yeah. entire segment is like that one joke pushed as far as you can take it. Yeah. Which a lot of the segments are. Yeah. Like if that, if Should it have was been a family guy cut away. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that or a vine. Yeah. That would have been a perfect, like a six second. I have a question. I have a question. Will you, will you poop on me? What? End of scene. You know. I actually wrote down a quote from that that I really liked. Shitting is something you do on a whore. Pooping is a gift you give your soulmates. <laughs> yeah, that definitely feels like, like that, it was pitched in the in the it was pitched yeah. in the Family Guy writers room. And I actually didn't hate I'm this movie. Sure. Yeah. Now a couple of the segments I did actually like. The homeschooling one is hilarious. I like. I was that. just gonna say. It is, it is. parents who want their teenage son to have all of the experiences he would have at a regular school. So Mm -hmm. they make sure he has the awkward first kiss. They make fun of him in the shower, you know, and they throw things at him and call him (laughs) horrible names. And it's so awful because, but it has multiple punchlines to it. And so Mm -hmm. it works better as a, as a segment. Yeah. And, but I mean, yeah, and then this is by the, the Fairley brothers who yeah. put out Green Book and there's something about Mary and all these, you know, all these movies, which are so much better. But And the children in machines segment, I think, was yeah. a beautiful piece of filmmaking, <laughs> like legitimately, because it is such a great parody of like commercials about like starving children and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. it's just dumb, but it's it's also really short, so it works better as a segment. Yeah, yeah. Like I think maybe it would have worked that all those segments would have worked better for me if they were a minute, two tops. But a lot of them are like five minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean they're going as long as like five to ten for some. Yeah, like the joke about uh huh, Hugh Jackman's chin is balls. You know, huh? It, it, you know that half the length would have been fine. Yeah, uh, pun not intended. Like the the superhero one, the da- the speed yeah. dating is stupid, but it works better because it has parts to it. It has things happening, and it's interesting now with all this Marvel and DC and all this stuff coming out that it just becomes this like interesting parody of <laughs> of superheroes and you know hmm. kind of before everything happened. Like the middle school date with the first period would have been great as a like a one minute segment. Yeah, she gets her period, they freak out because they think she's bleeding to death laugh mm-hmm. move on instead it goes a few minutes well at first they think that someone played a tomato prank on her well her father does yeah when he walks in like what kind of a person would smash a tomato on a girl's pants 
Yeah. <laughs> Someone spilled fruit punch on the couch, yeah. And then the kid calls up 911 and is like, help, my girlfriend is bleeding to death out of her vagina. And th- why are you laughing at me? Yeah. Which is funny. Like, the fact that the 911 person laughs at him is funny. But if he'd called 911 immediately and they got to that punchline, it would have been even better. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of segments that do that. Like, they take a joke a little too far, which Fairly Brothers do a lot. Mm-hmm. And maybe they would be really good if it would be in some other format where they could be shorter. Yeah. I mean, I think it's apparently, I think the overarching thing is, like, that it's kind of, like, a pitch. Like, let's just find, like, the weirdest, you know, movie ideas, I guess. I think it was, like, a three teenagers kind of trying to find a bad movie ideas. Well, maybe I have the same humor as a 12-year-old boy. Maybe. Because... (laughs) <laughs> because I liked the movie. I mean, the overarching theme of them is poo and private parts. Right. Yeah. That sort yeah. of lingers over everything that they do, every skit. Yeah. It's, yeah. And there's actually, at the end of the basketball segment, there is brilliant satire. Mm-hmm. The segment itself is kind of silly. But at the end, like, the black team wins... And they're the first black team to do well in basketball, but the white team is celebrated because they get one point at the very end. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a nice satirical thing at the end of this segment that wasn't a satire. Yeah. Of course, the fact that they scored a single point means that they made one free throw, which means essentially that one point was kind of given to them. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was, this goes to the gross out stuff, it was a technical foul because the guy with a 12-inch dick, it was out of his shorts when he ran down the court. <laughs> And so they called a technical foul on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's tough to get these comedy parody movies right. I mean, it's not that I'm not a fan. I mean, I, I like the scary movie franchise. I mean, I think date movie you know, is okay. There are other ones where they parody, you know, other things, Meet the Spartans, whatever. But I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough to get right. I think those kind of movies sort of peaked maybe like just before scary movie. Mm. Like the first scary movie is still entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then immediately it goes more toward how ridiculous can we be rather than how can we parody and satirize these other genres and yeah. other films. Let's try to capitalize, yeah. And that's when they got, like, the Spartan movie, the other things. I still liked Scary Movie 2, but it got – after that, it took a sharp downhill turn for me. But I can I can say that, yeah, Scary Movie 2 is worse than Scary Movie 1, but 2 is still yeah. watchable for yeah. me. Yeah. Rewatching just the first one again recently, I couldn't – I was like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, I mean, not that it, I would choose to watch it, but, like, if it's on in a place where I am, I'm not going to turn away from the TV, you know. But I can still watch, like, Airplane, our the first Naked Gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although even Naked Gun goes a little bit too far. I don't want to watch the second and the third one. <laughs> so, comedy has its limits. Mm. Yeah, it's basically very lowbrow yeah. humor. I mean, if you're into that, I imagine... This movie could work really well. If you know what you're in for and you still sit down to watch it, you'll probably be entertained. Yeah, or I think even was Emma Stone and who's the other person that the cashier won? Those were some interesting <laughs> insults at each other. Gosh, what was oh, it? yeah, Kieran Culkin. Oh, yeah. Essentially, I think the quote-unquote joy of the movie is just that they got the the this many A-list and or A-minus-list actors. To do this crap. Right. Yeah. You know, it would, if these were 
actors of comparable talent who weren't Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet and Emma Stone at yeah. all, it wouldn't as little as I mean, and I'm someone fun. who didn't think it worked at all. But even if you, even if it does work for you, sort of, it wouldn't work as well if it was actors of similar talent who weren't who they are. Yeah. yeah. Well, for, yeah, for, from a review that I was watching today, they were saying that I think it was maybe the Fairley Brothers or, or someone said this that like kind of the other way that they got these actors was that everyone you know inside just wants to let out some funny. You know, they just wanna they think they're funny or they. You know, just want to have that that moment in the sun. So, I think that was also a motivation of like, yeah, I got a funny side. <laughs> right, and you're only making them do one segment. So, mm-hmm. how much time does it take? Yeah, like Richard Gere's thing, they probably filmed in a couple hours mm-hmm. if, he, if it went well with the all. But there were a lot of people in that scene, so it might have taken a little while for it to set up. But most of the segments are quick. This movie is a who's who's of the Hollywood A list. Yeah. And B-list and has-beens and up-and-coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, in the pet, in the pitch thing, you have Dennis Quaid, who's been around forever. Greg Kinnear, who kind of came up quickly in the late 90s and then sort of went away. And Common, who was only just becoming like an actor mm-hmm. in 2013. And so it's an interesting mix of those three yeah. in the same segment. So it's, I got it's the weird. most excited for Seth. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, they have Seth! Right. So, um... Anything else on the room, generally, since the week is over? Um, the only, and I, I know this is um, maybe a weird thing to say on a podcast where we're going to talk about and make fun of the room minute by minute. But why would we make fun of it? Yeah, How dare you? I'm, yeah, this is a great movie. What did you not like? <laughs> I'm kind of not what are you talking a about? huge fan of watching movies ironically in general. Ah, like. You know, like the people who worked on it, worked on it, you know, they thought they were trying to make the best damn movie they could. Right. You know, uh, and looking at this movie in particular, I'm, I have a strong suspicion that Tommy Wiseau either has some mental issue or mental handicap or something. Like he, there seems to be some disconnect with the way that human emotion works, I think. Mm-hmm. And so like making fun of, something that a possibly mentally ill person wrote to avoid, you know, to get themselves out of a dark time in their life. You know, it's a little rough for me, you know, on an empathetic level. But at the same time, yeah, you know, you making fun of the complete lack of talent, sure, you know. But I mean, yeah, I mean, watching it in, I feel like something like this is not, in its best form watching it solo. Something like this is watched best in the midnight screening type of thing where you've got a lot of people and everyone can make fun of it. Although don't see it first that way. Yeah, don't see it first that way. Just a warning if anyone's if anyone's listening and hasn't seen it, <laughs> watch it in some other way first because you will not yeah. hear some of it at a midnight screening. Of course. It gets louder. Yeah. I don't know. Just had to throw a wet blanket on it a little bit, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. And one last time, Alex, if the listeners want to hear more of you, we're going to hear you. Ah, uh, most minute podcasts, um, guesting, uh, in some form or fashion, Galaxy Quest Minute, Independence Day Minute, Cleveland and Six going deep into Major League, uh, various and sundry others at some point in the future, if you're listening to this, possibly. Check me out there, social media, you can probably guess what the social medias are based on the names of those shows. And Alice, where can they... See you be funny. 
It'd be funny in Rochester, New York, if you want to fly, drive, whatever, invite me on to your podcast. If you're listening and have podcasts, I won't watch anything. Um, me podcast or, and yeah, just follow me on Twitter, A-L-I-M-E-Z-H, which is Allie Mesh, or contact me on Facebook, Alice Lauren, and just message me and tell me that you heard me and you want to talk to me and cool, let's be friends. <laughs> So it's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening, and remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!